everyone, and welcome to Shipwrecks and Shanties, a podcast all about Rare's new multiplayer pirate game, Sea of Thieves. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Siv. Welcome, Siv. Hello. I am very, very excited to record this episode because we are recording the week before Sea of Thieves finally actually launches. And we've got so much to talk about today because they have been just they've been doing all kinds of crazy, awesome promotional things, including it's been great shooting a guy out of a cannon. (laughs) I know for a new Guinness World Record. Apparently, the guy that they shot out of the cannon has done this before, which <laughs> I, would I don't know so. how. I don't know. But here's the thing, though. How do you get into shooting yourself out of a cannon? Like, how do you get into any hobby, Siv? I, I know, but there's but there's this there's this point where you go, OK, for the first time ever in my life, I'm going to fire myself out of a cannon. Right. And <laughs> and you go, OK, it's probably like riding a bike. Once you get the hang of it, it's easy. But like. We, you know, you ride your bike and you you fall, you might skin your knee. If something goes wrong when you're getting shot out of a cannon, like I'm pretty sure the result is death. Yeah, so I don't know how of, one gets into that. But yeah, there's uh, not a lot of wiggle room there. No, no. This space guy for apparently, uh, yeah, this guy apparently does this and uh, went for a new world record and attained it. So congrats to him, and congrats to the Sea of Thieves team for not having someone die for their pre-launch <laughs> marketing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And speaking of pre-launch marketing, they've also been putting out a lot of videos on YouTube, including a new one that was posted just today with everything that you need to know about Sea of Thieves. So if you Absolutely. are still on the bubble, you can go and check out the video on their YouTube channel. It's actually it's really awesome. Like they do a really good job of kind of comprehensively showing you everything except the Kraken. The Kraken. I know they didn't mention it they, at yeah, all. They didn't show they didn't it at really all. They didn't really mention storms that much either. But yeah, I watched it this morning and honestly, like they are killing it on their YouTube channel. It is chock full of really great content. Um, and, and we've linked a lot of these YouTube videos in our Discord channel um, for Shipwrecks and Shanties. But I mean, they're they're doing like weekly stuff and they're doing interviews and they're doing gameplay stuff and but yeah this everything you need to know about sea of thieves video is really a a great introduction for anyone who hasn't played it hasn't watched it and is just starting to go what is this game and and what do i do in it what's the what's the attraction watch this video it's eight and a half minutes long or whatever it is and it is just chock full of exciting goodness that you will uh, be able to enjoy in the game, obviously, in, in six days. Um, and it just kind of gives you a taste of kind of broad brush, everything about the game. I mean, it's really, really well done. I, I really enjoyed it. Right. So again, this is a, a kind of a way, if you're still on the fence about whether or not you want to get into Sea of Thieves, this is a good way to see everything that the game has to offer. And if you're still not sure about whether or not it's kind of worth that price tag for you, because I know in Canada, it's like an $80 game. So If you're still not sure, then what you can actually do if you own an Xbox One is check out the Xbox Game Pass because uh, Sea of Thieves is cross-play and play anywhere, which means you can play with your friends. So like, let's say I'm playing on my Xbox and Siv is on his PC, we can still party up together and run a two-man ship. And it's also play anywhere, which means if I own it on PC or if I own it on Xbox One, I actually own it on both. So you don't have to make the decision of where you want to buy it. So if you do own an Xbox One, even if you plan on playing on PC, you can get the Xbox Game Pass for, I think it's uh, $10 a month American, $12 a month Canadian, and you can kind of give it a a chance. There's a whole bunch, I think there's over 100 games that are available on Game Pass, but Sea of Thieves is the first AAA title that's going to be available through Game Pass on launch day. So... If Which is significant. Oh, yeah. It's definitely really such done a that cool before. thing. Oh, no, not at all. The, yeah, this was announced a few months ago. It's totally new. No one else is doing it. Usually these game subscription plans, because I think PlayStation has one as well, are uh, very much like either indie titles or they're, you know, they've been out for a while. Having Sea of Thieves available literally on launch day for a reduced like Netflix style pricing is huge. So, yeah. uh, so again, check out the no, we Xbox. Do need to, yeah, sorry. We do need to make a little bit of a distinction on there. The Game Pass, which is a really cool thing, it only works if you own an Xbox One. So, for example, 
it's going to work great for like, say you, if you <laughs> wanted to do this, where you can purchase, you, you can have your game pass that, you know, is for your Xbox one and you can check out this game on game pass um, for your Xbox one. And because it is play anywhere, you can also play it on the PC if you so desire. Now I do not own an Xbox one and therefore I cannot use game pass right right so i mean we I actually tested up for it before it, the show yeah, yeah and it, does, it didn't it. work <laughs> yeah it doesn't work so i mean it would it's it's a little bit uh counterintuitive <laughs> yeah it's a little bit unclear in their marketing and all that stuff but i, I mean it's it does kind of make sense it's set up for the xbox one um the play anywhere titles uh if you have an xbox one in theory work on the pc um I don't have any way to confirm that because it does. I, yeah, I've I've played one, Play so. Anywhere titles before, and I have been able to do the through you know, the Game Pass. For, uh, oh, not yeah, not using the Game Pass. I haven't actually tried. So the that's game the thing pass, that but. I'm a little bit unsure about, and I'm sure we'll we'll find out. Or if you you know the listeners have have tried this and done this before, I know other games like Forza are uh, you know cross both, or Play Anywhere. Yeah play anywhere and all that stuff so cross play and play anywhere so so, uh, the terminology yeah mixing them up but yeah but anyway uh, we'll find out for sure yeah but uh, game pass if you do own an xbox one is a really great way to uh kind of give sea of thieves a try and and see if it has staying power because that's still one of the questions i know like siv and i feel like we're gonna keep playing all the time but a lot of community members have kind of said like okay is this gameplay loop going to be enough to keep me playing so um if you're right. one of those people and you're not quite sure how it's going to feel or you're not quite sure how many of your friends are going to be playing because that's another thing that's kind of important um see if thieves does and we're going to talk about teamwork and communication today so um there are some tools that allow you to make teams but um if you're looking to play just with your friends then you know like trying it out to see how many other people are playing that you already know might be something you want to do so again check out right. the xbox game pass on xbox one and uh, get sea of thieves on launch day for 10 bucks like yep <laughs> totally yep, so exactly. if i if i didn't want the um oh crap what's it called the black the, dog the, pack the black dog pack if i didn't <laughs> yeah. want the extra co- cosmetic items because yeah sea of thieves uh, yeah. yeah you've got me i'm i'm a yep, sucker but anyways well if i didn't and, want and those then i would have done the game pass yeah, and I'm looking forward to this because I mean I think we've made this we've said this before to you know on the show, um, but we tend to after our World of Warcraft raid time, there's a you know a couple of us that will stay up and play other games you know after our raid for an hour or or two sometimes depending on you know how tired we all are, <laughs> um, and usually for us that game is is PUBG. Um, we've played other stuff as well, but. Um, that's the go-to the thing right is now. That it's the go-to right now. Um, the thing is that it's not everyone's cup of tea. Like first-person shooters, sure, they're fun. But, I mean, Jocelyn, you didn't even really play a whole lot of shooters before we kind of dragged you kicking and screaming into PUBG. No, I and played, so, like, Call of Duty Black Ops was the last time that I played right. anything that was a shooter. <laughs> so, I mean, and we're, I mean, we're really enjoying PUBG for all of its issues and whatever and we have fun in there because we're playing with our friends and and it's you know we're doing crazy shenanigans and laughing about it and it's it's fun but one of the nice things about playing sea of thieves is going to be that you know it's going to bring in different types of players from our raid team in particular that maybe aren't as attracted to like a PUBG. but it's like here's another option that we can get into and we can kind of you know uh play together with our friends where you know we're gonna have other people that maybe aren't interested in the shooter that go hey this is a lot more fun this is more my speed style whatever um but yeah i mean speaking of that i played this weekend with some of the guys from the raid team um i know jocelyn you were out of town uh for the final beta but uh i got in there and i played it with uh, with some of our friends um, there were definitely some changes from the stress tests and even the, you know, the closed beta that you and I participated in. Which is um, really good to know because it means that it they're is. like, you know, rolling out new features, getting more feedback, changing some things possibly once they get feedback from the community, which is something that they've always been very adamant about that, you know, this isn't there or they don't want it to feel like rares game made for other people they want it to feel like the community is actively involved in the development process so it's like instead of it being rares game it's the community's game which i really love right 
So, and here's the thing that's encouraging. They're making changes and it's not so much like, you know, um, here's your game, go play it and you know, whatever. While all of the changes may sometimes be hard to swallow, they're at least doing things Mm -hmm. right with other games. It's not always the case. And you could have these issues in a game for months that they're not fixing or they're not changing or something that's unbalanced and needs to be changed. They're taking a very active approach to the way that changes, updates, you know, patches, hot fixes, things like that are working in the game. And that is so encouraging to see from the studio. So one of the big changes that they made uh, between the the closed beta and then the stress tests and then the uh, final beta is with what weapons you can have, right? So in the closed beta, you could have all four weapons um, at once. And so you'd have your pistol with five shots, you could have your blunderbuss with five shots, and you could have your sniper rifle with f- five shots, and then you have your sword. And then they changed it a little bit to where you could still do all of that, but you uh, had to buy the sniper rifle in the stress test. Mm. Um, And now they've changed it in the final beta to where you have all four weapon types available to you from the get-go, but you can only use two weapons at a time. So you could use a pistol and a blunderbuss. You could use a sword and a sniper rifle or any combination of those four weapons but you just go to your armory in your ship to change out which ones you want. Mm. And so you can't just carry them and and change them. No, you can't just carry all four and change them on the fly. I like that decision-making. I do too. At first I did not because I'm like, (laughs) wait, I feel like 10 shots is not enough for me when I'm out adventuring. And in particular, uh, like I'll talk about in a second, like doing a fort, it's like, okay, 10 shots is not enough. I might run into more than 10 enemies. And what if I miss? Right. Mm. So I feel like I have to have, just don't miss Siv. Get good. (laughs) (laughs) What if there's 11 enemies and I (laughs) I had shot 10 of them and the last one kills me. Uh, Yeah. So um, I I think that I, for me, I went with um, a sword and a uh, a gun. Um, But one of the things that, you know, I noticed is that, okay, you have to make this decision, which, you know, do I want to be able to shoot long range? Well, do I want to be able to shoot short range? Well, do I want to be able to shoot in the middle with the pistol? What do I want? And so I kind of changed that out for different situations. But um, one of the things that I did notice is that there are now ammunition chests out in the wild. So I noticed on an island that there was, you know, an ammunition chest just sitting you know, next to some barrels with some supplies in it. So that's good to know. I didn't, um, I didn't notice uh, them. Well, well, okay. So we did a skeleton fort. Um, we were really tired. It was really late at night, mm-hmm. but we were, um, we're like, we saw the cloud in the sky. We're like, you know what? We're, we're going, we're going to go, uh, do the skeleton fort thing. Right. So, uh, we sailed over there. It took us forever to get there. Cause it was like on the other side of the map and the wind was against us. We made it all <laughs> the way over there and it was a challenge. It definitely was was a lot more challenging than anything else we had done in the game, including fighting crews that maybe were average or, or sub-average. I mean, there's been times where we fought really good crews, and mm-hmm. that was really challenging. But, I mean, there's there's these outlying towers in the water on stilts, and there's skeletons that are manning those cannons, and they're a pretty good shot. So we did our best to take out those first. And I think we took out like three out of the four um, like cannon outposts or cannon towers around this big skeleton fort. And we took out a couple of cannons on, on one side um, before our ship got sunk by the last tower. I mean, so we lost our ship and we only had three of us to begin with. um, So that wasn't the best. And then one of our guys, died um you know getting getting shot i think he got hit with a cannonball (laughs) um in the head and died and uh so we had two of us and so we like kind of snuck onto the skeleton fort our ship spawned kind of far away so um well yeah because then i I was gonna say so you had a three-man crew so you had the galleon so basically once your ship sunk and your player died, then your ship and player would spawn somewhere else, and then he'd have to sail the galleon all by himself. 
to right. try to well, get back to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> it spawned. I mean, because when you lose your ship, it respawns at an outpost, yep. and you you go to it. So um, he was back at the closest outpost, which again was kind of far away. Um, but yeah, so we definitely had a challenge doing that. We did end up sneaking onto the island, two of us, and fought off a bunch of skeletons, mostly with the sword because didn't have that many bullets. And um, we fought our way all the way to the pirate captain, which was a, a huge challenge because he spawned a whole bunch of skeletons prior and then spawned a whole bunch of skeletons with him. And mm. so it was like we had, I don't know, 10 or 12 skeletons to defeat first, and then he had eight or 10 more with him. And he is kind of like a raid boss. And Well, yeah, they, they did say that and... when they talked about skeleton forts is that it's not content made for a single person. It's it's made for no. it's, it's supposed to be challenging, even if you have multiple ships of like multiple four man ships coming in to try to defeat it. So, right. So um, needless to say, I mean, there was two of us there and uh, the other guy that was with me died um, while we were fighting the skeletons. But I was able to fight off all those skeletons and then kill off all the boss's skeletons, and I got him down to about 70%, and he ended up killing me just because I was, you know, it's not designed for one person. Uh, right. But, I mean, had there been four of us, and had we been able to successfully maneuver our ship, take out all of the cannons before invading the island, and then invading the island with three or four of us, um, we, we would probably had a pretty good chance of taking them down. So it was really fun. Uh, and it was it was really challenging. Um, I'm glad that I mean, you didn't up... just like walk into the skeleton fort and kind of one shot everything. And then oh, like, I'm glad that it's not. actually no. very difficult content. <laughs> that makes it me is. happy. It is. It is. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And that's that kind of ended my night in the in the beta. But one of the other things that we did, um, they had the Merchant Alliance faction in this final beta. They did not have the Order of Souls in there, which I was a little bit disappointed because I kind of wanted to try that out, too. But they had the Merchant Alliance in there, and so we did some of their uh, voyages. Um, well, yeah, and I think we're going to talk about that at the yeah, at the end of the show, yeah. though. Needless to say, as part of that, the islands are now populated with wildlife, like pigs and chickens and snakes and things like that, that are part of their, their quest. So uh, we found it helpful to pay attention to what islands you see those animals on, because... Not every island has every type of animal, and so it's kind of good to keep a mental notice. Oh, well, this one has, you know, snakes, and this one has pigs, and this one has chickens, and whatever, you know. That's a really good, uh, yeah, that's a really good way to go about it. And I think, like, you can put marks on the map, so I feel like it, it's kind of too bad that you can't choose your marks, you know? Like, so I can right, be, like, yeah. X's, and you could be O's, and somebody else could be, like, a sword or something. So you could be like, okay, all the X's are pig islands, all the circles are chicken islands, which I would probably make it a lot easier, And but at least you can mark the map, so when you, you see... Or even if they had different colors, you know, yeah. like if my marks were red and your marks were blue or something like that, yeah. you know, it would be... But again, like, I, I kind of like that it's difficult, you know? Right. And we'll see. I mean, it may be, like... You know, oh, okay, right now, today, you know, Bootleg Island has snakes on it. And the next time I play, it has chickens. And the time oh, I would that, be, it has nothing. I would be so surprised if the wildlife didn't move around, you know, like. I'm sure it's going to. Yeah, because uh, the one thing, and again, we're going to talk about the Merchant Alliance a little bit later, but it's all of their missions, unlike the Order of Souls and unlike the Gold Hoarders, all of the Merchant Alliance quests are timed. So. I feel like if you knew exactly where to go all of the time, they would have to, you know, make the right. time get less and less as right. the as the missions got more difficult. But I feel like if the wildlife actually moves around, then that would be, you know, a little bit it makes that it would add yeah. add more of a challenge and add more difficulty without actually having to, you know, shrink the time, which I'm sure is also something that will happen. But, uh, but yep. yeah. So. Anyway, we'll talk about that more. later. We will. But um uh, so that brings us to our topic of the week this week. We're going to be talking about teamwork and communication in Sea of Thieves. Uh, there's a few different uh, videos up on their uh, Sea of Thieves YouTube under the inside stories. And uh, there's basically some stuff about co-op gameplay, multiplayer gameplay, um, just decisions around who does what. And uh, a lot of those are, are kind of a lot of these points are hidden a little bit in some of those other videos. So uh, we thought we'd kind of bring together everything to tell you guys about teamwork and communication within Sea of Thieves. So the part, I mean, Siv, you did a skeleton fort. And so I 
thought we'd kind of talk about that a little bit first is kind of deciding when you come across something in Sea of Thieves, whether it be a shipwreck or a skeleton fort or whatever, it becomes really important to actually assign roles to people in order to succeed. So you've got, um, sorry, cat on my lap. There we go. Okay. So <laughs> you've got, uh, the, you have to make the decision to basically like, do you have treasure chests on board already? Do you want to divert and go over and try to get something out of a shipwreck? If you do, does everyone go down into the shipwreck and try to get everything as fast as possible? Or do you leave like half your crew up on the ship to defend it? And half your crew is the, is the treasure divers. So there's the, those kind of teamwork decision-making things that you have to do a lot of in Sea of Thieves. Absolutely. And one of the things I like about this game is that the essence of Sea of Thieves is decision-making. That is the, the, the real core um, of the gameplay. It's not how well can you aim or how well can you steer the ship. I mean, all those things play a part of it. But ultimately you are going to succeed or fail based on your decision-making. So there's no real right or wrong way to approach these challenges that you find in the game. It's all very, very situational. So you do have to really, when you're, you know, like they, they said in that video, uh, when you roll up on a shipwreck, you have to decide, okay, should all of us dive down and make sure we grab all the treasure in one go to make, take the least amount of time. Do we want to keep people guarding our treasure on this ship or, you know, that's, there's no right or wrong answer. You have mm -hmm. to look at the situation and go, okay, is there any ships on the horizon? Is anyone going to like in the next two minutes roll up on us and start firing or, you know, is there a storm coming or you kind of have to like, just look at your situation and go, okay, what's the best for us here? Um, Right. And it's going to be and, different every time because of things like Krakens mm -hmm. and storms and other players and everything else. So it's not even like we can say, OK, the best strategy is, you know, one man on ship, three men down in the shipwreck or two and two or whatever. Like, right. There is no real right answer because it's going to change each time you find a shipwreck. So, well, it even plays into like we've talked about how to sail the ship. We've talked about how to do combat and things like that what your crew is doing during those uh, phases of the game changes. So, you know, when you're sailing the ship, one of the things we like to do is obviously have somebody driving it, have a couple people adjusting sails and somebody up in the crow's nest. When you get into combat, you don't want that. You want uh, somebody, you know, obviously steering the ship. You want a couple people shooting cannons and running over and trimming sails in between firing cannon shots. And you probably want somebody down below decks, you know, making sure that you're not taking on a bunch of water, fixing stuff and bailing out and calling out for help if they, you know, need help bailing out. So, like, there's all these different configurations, you know, when you roll up on an island, you know, okay, well, what should we do? Should, should you know, should somebody keep an eye on that ship on the horizon and make sure they don't try to come jack our treasure? And, <laughs> you know, oh, but there's there's going to be, you know, five different X's on this island and we have to dig up all these treasures and so we need to send more than one person to get treasure and well and even all then it kinds becomes, of combinations yeah even then it becomes not even like how many people are we sending but then there's also the decision to are we sticking together because uh it's faster to dig when there's more than one person so right. do we stick together and go x to x or do we split up and try to you know dig things up ourselves like what is the best way to do this how's how can we get back to our ship with our treasure as quickly as possible um right so, I mean, there's lots of really interesting decisions that need to be made and that are going to require teamwork. And you, because there's so much teamwork required in Sea of Thieves, this is where all your communication comes in. So the developers wanted everyone to be super social in Sea of Thieves. They wanted that to be core to the gameplay. And so they've kind of put some things in the game that really force communication. Uh, like we talked about last week, uh, the fact that you can't see the map from the steering wheel. Or I guess, yeah, wait, is it still, wait, yeah. it's still a steering wheel, even if it's on a ship, right? <laughs> There's yeah, not some just, fancy nautical, <laughs> nautical term. Okay. No, um, I mean the helm, you can call it the okay, helm. Okay, the but, helm, I mean, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> so you can't see the map from the helm, which is, again, forces your team's communication. So there's a there's a lot of different ways to communicate within the game uh the developers did realize that they didn't want to basically force people into uh voice chat which i think was a really good idea because 
you could be like me and you could be a little bit um if you're playing with people you don't know a little bit kind of shy and and not really wanting your voice to be heard i know like i for the longest time played with a with a gamer tag that was uh kind of gender neutral because i didn't want people to know i was a woman on the internet <laughs> and yeah. uh so for forcing voice chat would you know force me to reveal who i was basically and, and not everybody wants right. to do that so they've implemented a wheel of communication basically so um they're like little short quick phrases that you can use to communicate to your team if you don't want to voice chat so there's uh, a few of a few different wheels there's like your ship related kind of communications to like raise and lower sails fire cannons all that kind of stuff um you can also ask for a compass bearing and then so there is an actual compass bearing wheel where you can tell people which way you need to go um and then there's also like simple social yes no responses so like your thanks and your sorry and your lols all that kind of stuff so there's a lot of ways to communicate non-verbally in Sea of Thieves. And uh, so I, I love this because, I mean, again, I love voice chat with my friends. I don't love voice chat with randoms. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's one important thing about the voice chat in this game. Voice chat in the Sea of Thieves is global in that your team can hear you uh, when, you're, when you're talking. However, if someone is in your proximity, they can also hear you. So right. There isn't like party chat. There's like, which kind of, which I kind of like, it makes sense. Like if you're in an outpost, like if you were in real life in a town, people around you can hear you. Uh, And so I like the idea that, um, you know, passing, you can hail passing ships and you can talk to people in town and all of that is, it's really, really cool to me. That being said, I turn it off, but (laughs) so, yeah. So the way that I like to do it is I like to put the game on push to talk and then assuming that we're running a full team of, of friends, either two of us duoing, uh, or four of us on a galleon. Um, we like to use discord and Mm -hmm. use the voice chat feature there and we'll go open mic in discord and then push to talk in the game. So that we can still, you know, talk to other people that are in the game, but we can, we can still have some scheme and some plan. private, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, when you're trying to coordinate, like, hey, I'm going to take this explosive barrel and go plant it on this other ship, you know? Okay, cool. You can do that. Okay, I've got the barrel. I'm climbing the ladder. You know, okay, I'm trying to make sure they don't see me, and you know, fire some cannon shots at them to distract them. You know, mm-hmm. tactical things like that. Um, while they don't necessarily fit into kind of the the immersion of the game, um, I like it because I don't want to have my enemies hear what I'm saying. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I don't want to inadvertently respond to somebody asking me something and then have them go, hey, there's somebody on our ship. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we did we did do that by the way the other night and it was really fun because <laughs> I took our explosive barrel and like dove in the water and like threw it in front of a ship and they saw it and they tried to like swerve to avoid it but I shot it and blew a big hole in the side of their ship. It's awesome. <laughs> uh there's also a couple of ways that you can uh again work together as a team using different mechanics to actually vote on what your crew is going to do. So We've talked a little bit about this before, but choosing your voyages uh, really comes down to like you all put all your voyages out on the table and then you vote on which ones you want to do. So that I think is really cool because it's like you can anyone can go on any mission, which we've talked about before as well. But it's like you're not necessarily like pigeonholed into something like if you've got a crew of four, three of four need to vote for a mission before it will actually go forward. So I like the idea that you have to really like decide as a crew what the best thing is for you guys to do. Right. And then on top of choosing your voyages, the other thing that you can do as a team voting is you can send someone, a crewmate, into the brig. And this is a really interesting mechanic because it's like instead of just like say you're uh doing a dungeon in world of warcraft and your tank is running way far ahead and you're pulling too many things and no one can keep up instead of just like kicking them from the party what the brig does in sea of thieves is uh you go into your options menu and then you can vote to throw any of your other crew members into the brig 
once a majority of the crew has voted to put that person in the brig, then they actually just get put into like a little cage in on your ship. They're still <laughs> present. They can still voice chat and everything else, but um, they kind of get a timeout. So they're not removed. They're not banished from the game. They're not removed from the crew. You know, there's there's none of that stuff. It's just um, you can put someone in the brig and then give them a cooling off period and then be like, dude, it really sucked when you took all our treasure chests and threw them overboard. <laughs> that was a real dick move. <laughs> and uh, so, please don't do that again. And then you have the option to basically unbanish them, like let them out again. Right. Now, we actually did this the other night uh, because we were, there's three of us. And so we, you know, we queued for a random person to join us as our fourth. And there was a couple of times where, because we did, we, we kind of like formed and unformed and reformed a couple of different times because people were kind of jumping in and out. Yeah. But um, one time we had a, a guy, he was really great. He was helpful. He was voice chatting with us. It was great. We were being coordinated. We were doing all this stuff. It was awesome. Um, one of the downsides is that you can't, you can't actually swap people in and out. Like you can't just like invite someone into your party mm. while you're in the game. You have to form your party prior to going into the game. Um, and that's something I, I, I kind of hope that they um, they change and make it more along the lines of like you can see your friends list and then while I'm in the game I can invite like say I'm playing right. on a single ship or something and then Civ comes online and I'm like okay now I want to you know play with Civ and instead of having to go all the way out and come all the way back in again I can just invite Civ straight to my party. I'd also right. like something along the lines of you know um, World of Warcrafts like because they have like a looking for group thing. Like I can say, right. I want to play at the start of my game on a four man ship, but I'm by myself. So but I you can't change that in the game. Exactly. You have to like stick with that the whole time, or you have to back out and start a new quote game, you know, so you'll get right. a new ship and you'll have to restock that and get new voyages and things like that. So, um, no, but we did. So we, we reformed and we lost that guy and somebody else bowed out. And so some, you know, another one of our friends popped in. There was three of us. We queued up. We got a rando for the fourth. It was like an eight-year-old kid who was like blasting some really annoying music uh, into his voice, voice chat, chat. Yeah. And calling us all sorts of derogatory names and wouldn't listen to us. So we voted him into the brig. And we muted him in our, our voice chat because mm -hmm. we were like, yeah. Because that is also so, an option. Yeah. So right in the yeah, same you mute, area you where can you can. Chat. Yeah. In the same area where you can decide to throw them in the brig, you can also decide to mute that player. So. Right. Yep. So we did that and he was in the brig for a little while. Now, one of the things I noticed is when you vote someone in the brig, it does have to be unanimous amongst the other three crew members. And there is a minimum timer uh, for them to be uh, be able to be released from the brig, presumably so that you don't use the brig as a teleport option, right? Because right, let's that say makes sense. all four yeah. of us are on the island and like, oh no, someone's coming to our ship. Quick, vote me into the brig and, and then I'll vote start me the right out moving. again. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. So there is a there is a timer before you can let them out. I'm not sure how long it is, uh, but it just says there's a there's a short period of time where you can't remove someone from the brig. So the brig is definitely kind of like a timeout for people that aren't, um, you know, cooperating or, or being a team player or whatever. And you can lock them in the brig and you can let them out if they, you know, come to their senses. Um, alternatively, they're probably going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, nice that way is the option. Yeah. Get them to quit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, a couple of little fun fact that I found when I was looking into teamwork and communication here is that apparently in Sea of Thieves, friendly fire used to be a thing. And oh <laughs> treasure chests used to have individual pieces of loot that you could take out. So you had to actually like distribute the treasure among your um, crewmates. And so you could literally like go get a treasure chest with a team of four, kill all three of your other people, take all the treasure and then go and uh, like sell it basically. <laughs> so you could be the only one that profits on your team. And I'm uh, really glad they removed both of these things. <laughs> yes. And so, well, that's kind of the idea right now. Everything is equally rewarding for all players, right? Because it's right. just like you sell a treasure chest and everyone gets a certain cut of gold. But on top of that, with no friendly fire, they said originally, like, they thought it would happen kind of sometimes maybe, but it was happening literally all the time where crews were just turning on each other. So now right. 
your crew and your communication and your cooperation is so core to the gameplay and you're centered around each other and protecting your ship. And so there's that level of kind of maybe forced, but definitely camaraderie <laughs> between players. Right. And I mean, I'm really glad you can't friendly fire because mm -hmm. I mean, as much as you and I get mad at each other a lot, when we're playing and in a, in a fun, playful, we're still friends kind of way. Um, I would I've totally never shoot shot you. I was going to say, I would totally shoot and kill you by accident. Well, sometimes by accident, because that happens in friendly fire games all the time. You've shot me <laughs> on purpose numerous occasions. That is also true. <laughs> Some of them were intentional. Some of them you apparently quote couldn't see my name tag. Hey, but hey, there is there is a actual Twitch clip, and you can see how I couldn't see your name tag. So yeah. don't even start. There's a there's another Twitch clip of me panning you in the head while I pan somebody else. And, exactly, uh, it happened. So I'm glad that we can't do sort this of accidental. In this game. <laughs> I know. Well, the nice thing is that it, I love it that it was accidental because so you hit me instead of our other teammate you were aiming for. <laughs> Not that you weren't it's trying true. to kill your team, just that you accidentally uh, we were, hit the wrong person. We were all dead anyway. I know. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I'm I'm really glad that they made these changes because, um, especially when you're grouping up with random people, it would be really annoying to like be betrayed by people all the time and feeling like you know the gameplay requires you to mutiny and betray people as soon right. as you especially, feel the, the reward is good enough yeah especially since there isn't a like looking for group feature in the game right. where you can actually say like this is going to be my play style this is what i want to do you know you have to go outside the game to the forums for that which is it's fine um but when you can't do that in the game and even if you can do that i mean if there was friendly fire and and all that kind of stuff then you could have somebody be, oh yeah i'm totally gonna be on your team yeah let's go do this right. you know all right. friends well, the and other then thing turn is, on you on a dime you know well the other thing is it would give a, a significant advantage to a pre-made group of four yeah when they're fighting you know say a group of four randos somebody may say screw this i'm grabbing this chest and jumping overboard right. and swimming to the outpost while you guys fight and i'm gonna take all this loot for myself yeah adios you know so yeah i'm I'm really glad that they that they removed these um because I, I think the gameplay now is good it's it's this tentative kind of uh feeling each other out relationship with other teams but you can count on the fact that your team is all going to be at least you know if they want to succeed in the game and not lose, they're all going to be team players because mm -hmm. they're all going to be motivated by that shared reward. And they're all going to want to defend the same things that you want to defend, right? There's going to be commonality in that. So um, I think that helps kind of at least make it so you're like, okay, I can trust my team mm -hmm. to want to succeed. Right. Right. And maybe they're buttholes and they need to be banished to the brig and kicked off. But at least for the most part, everybody's going to be wanting to succeed together because that's the way the game works. Right. Everyone's going to want to progress. Makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah. One more thing I did want to mention before we move on to our listener feedback is uh, we've been talking a whole lot about teamwork and communication this week. And uh, there, but the one thing we haven't really talked about is the small ship. And I wanted to bring this up on this episode because uh, much like the voice chat where sometimes people are hesitant to you know, have their voices heard over voice chat and, you know, like playing with other people, playing with random people if they can't find friends. Um, I thought I'd actually mention the small ship because um, it's kind of like the entry point to Sea of Thieves. If you want to, again, like much like the Game Pass, give it a try and see if it's for you and see if you like the world and the gameplay mechanics, then the small ship you can pilot by yourself and it kind of lets people like gives them an entry point and encourages them to maybe like think about um possibly pairing up with another player on a small ship and going after some bigger ships or you know like kind of graduating into some of these other like teamwork larger ships and so if you if everything that we've said right now is that you kind of made you go oh man like i really don't want to play with other people i don't think this game is for me well keep in mind that there is the single player ship that you can pilot by yourself it is it's a little bit more difficult because you have one person to do like so you're always leaving your ship unguarded <laughs> but yep. um it is a way for you to potentially like get in and try the game even if multiplayer stuff isn't really your thing right 
Um, so I think that's pretty much it for teamwork and communication. And so we're going to take a, a question from our Discord. So again, that's bit.ly slash TGI Discord. There is a Shipwrecks and Shanties text channel. If you guys have any questions for me or for Civ, or if you just want to, you know, try to find other people to sail with on the Sea of Thieves when it launches in six days, um, go to bit.ly slash TGI Discord and chat it up. Uh, we got a question from Lumps3 who says, did anyone focus on the Merchant Alliance, Alliance quests in the last final beta if so how were they i didn't do any because it seemed like more of a hassle than finding the chess so siv you had a chance to play in the final beta and you did some of these merchant alliance quests how did you find them i did do the merchant alliance quests um and i thoroughly enjoyed them um so the first obviously we just started and i noticed that the merchant alliance was there so i ran over and I got a quest because, you know, they're, they're free. It's the intro quests and you don't have any gold when you start, you know, a new character. So it's free. Um, grabbed one. It was go get two chickens, right? And there's different types of, of chickens and, you know, different colors. So I needed a golden chicken and a black bloomed chicken. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, sweet. Yeah. So I'm like, sweet. Let's go find some chicken. We'd already done one mission where we went and dug up some treasure or whatever. Um but then I was like, all right, well, let's go do this. I noticed over on this island when we were digging up treasure over there that there's some chickens. So we sailed over there and we went, okay, let's catch some chickens. So we all ran around trying to catch chickens and didn't realize that you are supposed to pick up a cage from the Merchant Alliance <laughs> vendor. <laughs> so we're literally running around like, what do we do? Do we shoot them? Do we stab them with our sword? We're oh not getting... <laughs> poor chickens, rip. <laughs> I, know. I know, rip chickens. So um, we did that and, and uh, we failed because we couldn't actually catch the chickens. So we went back and we, we started it over. We grabbed a couple of cages from the Merchant Alliance person which they just give you the requisite amount of cages for whatever voyage you are on right so it's a little bit wonky in that it's difficult to start a merchant alliance mission if you're not at a port um so it's important to get in there drop it on the table vote it up get it accepted because that's the only way you can get the cages ah, so you okay. go back and you talk to them you pick up the cages that you need you store them on your ship and then off you go um it's very difficult to catch animals, right? And apparently there's little tricks you can do, like um, you can distract um, uh, pigs with bananas or something like that. Like we we did a little bit of real quick internet research while we were running around chasing stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there are ways to kind of slow stuff down. Chickens typically spawn near the coast. So you kind of want to try to corner them against the water because they won't go into the water. So if you can kind of like corner them against, you know, a cliff and the water, it's a lot easier to catch them. Um, the names of them when you're holding the cage will appear as you kind of like get close enough to them to, you know, to interact with them. Button and, yeah. yeah, and interact with them. You'll see the name, but they move really fast. So it's it was a little bit difficult to tell what was what. When you um, catch did, a chicken, do you have or any kind of animal, do you have the option to release it if it's the wrong one? No, but you can kill it while it's in the cage and then it like gets rid of it and you can go get a different one. I wish there was a release option because killing it seems a little inhumane. Yeah, like, uh, oh no, you have the wrong little, color. It's cold. a little dark. Oh, yeah. you're the wrong color. Here, <laughs> let me shoot you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, 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 you poor have to chickens, do that stuff. man. It sounds like they had I'm a really rough time a, in the beta. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, so here's the other thing you, you catch the chickens in your, in your cage, and I would assume the same thing for pigs and and uh you know the basket for snakes um then you have to swim back to your ship and if you go underwater with them they start freaking out like they're going to drown or something and apparently that that's a thing that can happen they will drown if they're underwater for too long it makes sense so just swim on the surface which is more difficult obviously if there's like a shark or something yes. they're not going to see it you know um also additionally if they're down in your hold and your hold fills up with water it could kill your chickens um <laughs> So you kind of there's there's more management uh, involved than just chess. Than the chess, right? yeah. Right. Um, the other the other thing about those missions is that they are time based. So you have a you have a pocket watch in the game is one of your tools you can select on your wheel, and you'll notice on the uh, on the on the voyage uh, slip that you get the the order sheet that they give you of you know we want one of this chicken and one of that chicken. 
it will say deliver to a port by this date and this time, right? So you need to look at your pocket watch and go, okay, it's my pocket watch says it's the 23rd of May and it's this time of day, it's noon. I need to have this in by midnight on the 26th of May. Okay, well, that gives me you know, a couple of day-night cycles to uh, find these chickens, catch them, and bring them back to a port. So, And you can bring them back to any was... port, right? Like, you don't have to yeah, bring them back no, to the same, the same outpost? No, it's the same port. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the same outpost. Uh, just any outpost is fine. Um, but one of the things that we found is that the time limit is reasonable, right? It gives you plenty of time, usually three days or so. And that may change on some of the more difficult ones. Uh, but we felt like it was a reasonable time limit to go find the chickens, catch them, and then, you know, bring them back. Um, so that was really good. But again, like finding them is difficult. Catching them is difficult. Um, transporting them requires some management, things like that. However, they're very rewarding. So the mm. very first, let's compare to the, um, the, the first free missions you get from the gold hoarders. You might get between 50 and 70 gold as your reward um, when you turn the first chest in. Contrast that with the Merchant Alliance quest. The first chicken quest that we turned in netted us 1,190 gold. Wow. The very first thing. Yeah. So I went and bought the Sovereign Sword, which was like an 1,100 gold sword. And it is gold. Like the whole thing is freaking gold, man. It is a golden swords. So I'm rolling around with my my gold cutlass, and it was awesome. Um, yeah, it, it, very rewarding. And I would imagine that that will scale up. But I imagine the difficulties also scale up. Um, additionally, it's not it's not something that you can string multiple quests together or multiple voyages together. Sorry, I call them quests because that's you know basically what they are but they're yeah. called voyages um whereas with the gold hoarders stuff you can go and you can get you can pick up three four whatever it is your maximum amount of voyages is i can't remember if it's three or four you can have three somebody else can have three somebody else can have three you know you can have a whole bunch of gold hoarders missions and just go successfully you know in succession one after the other after the other after the other after the other without going back to a port you know, in completing these voyages, one after the other, stacking up your treasure chest. And when you have, you know, however many chests you're maybe no longer comfortable with carrying around on your ship, then you go back to a, an outpost and you turn right. them in and you get your rewards for them. So it's nice because with those, you can kind of stack them up. And I would imagine with the Order of Souls quests, which are basically kill quests, um, you can probably those probably go hand in hand pretty well together and that you're out, you're digging up treasures and then, okay, Hey, let's do this. Okay. Hey, this island isn't far. Let's go kill this captain. And we'll, you know, we'll do our, our kill uh, voyage and bring the skull back. You know, you can kind of string all those together, but because of the time limit and the fact that you have to pick up crates or baskets from the merchant Alliance, definitely going to uh, be more of a, you know, go out, do it, come straight back and turn it in mm -hmm. kind of a thing. I'm really so glad that good. you I'm really glad that you don't just have cages and that's the only thing because I imagine the baskets are for the snakes, right? Because otherwise they would slither yeah. out of the cage. That exactly. that makes me happy that exactly. they thought of that. <laughs> so one of the things that I think is really, really good about this system is that the Merchant Alliance missions are going to be uh really great ways for people that are either soloing or duoing with the smaller ship because mm. you don't have as many people to protect your treasure. Um, and, and so it's more of a back and forth thing. But if all you did with, with uh, gold hoarders missions was back and forth, you know, maybe only doing one or two at a time and then going back and turning in because you have to obviously leave your ship unguarded. If you're a solo player while you're running chests back and forth, um, this gives you a, a much safer way to generate a lot of gold and, and reputation with the Merchant Alliance uh, because the Merchant Alliance person is literally right on the dock where you start. You're not, they're not in on the island. They're out on the dock. Oh, so you okay. Pull your yeah. ship right up to it and just quickly turn in those, those chickens and, uh, you know, before anyone else even can get Knows close that you're so, there, yeah. 
Right. So that is huge, I think, for for smaller crews to you know stay competitive. So I mean, it's maybe for a larger crew they may go, no, let's let's hold off on that. Let's focus on this other stuff where we can string a whole bunch of voyages together and then go back and turn in once you're really big. That will save us more time. But if you don't have the option of having somebody you know dedicated to guarding the 26 chests you have on your ship or whatever you're in for a world of hurt when another player <laughs> rolls by so um yeah it's i think it's a good system i think it's a, a good um just variety to the way that the uh, the, the way the voyages uh, work voyages are going to work yeah so um yeah, i did it and it's fun i mean it's, it's a lot of fun <laughs> I feel you like know, corralling chickens would around. be really fun. Uh, it was it was hilarious. It was it's hilarious. It's nice that it's different like, than just like reading yeah. a map. And yeah, it, it seems like there is there's quite a lot of variety in things to do in Sea of Thieves. So um, I mean, we Absolutely. had fun even when all we had to do was gold hoarders and and go after other players. So seems like there's going to be a lot of different things that we can experience next week. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure that uh, we'll probably do some some streaming next week of our Sea of Thieves adventures. But until then. Remember, everyone, to join bit.ly slash TGI Discord to find people to crew up with, as well as uh, join the conversation. Let us know what you think of the show, what you think of uh, Sea of Thieves in general, what your favorite parts are, what your favorite voyages were. We want to hear all of your stories. So make sure that you are joining us over on bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Siv, where can folks find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Siv underscore A-I-E. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I am Joss Plays, J-O-C-E Plays. So uh, hit me up in either one of those places if you want more Sea of Thieves info. And until next week, drink up, me hearties. Yo-ho! Yo-ho!